You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, let's get to our look at QB1. All right, Dan, so you were uh, – you saw – Justin Fields had to say this week, don't want to make too much of what he does on the podium. I don't want this to become a weekly uh, study of of body language. And then we are back in the Jay Cutler era. But I do think his his demeanor, especially coming off a week ago when he promised to show more personality, charisma, and be himself, this was maybe as much of a step backward at the podium as we saw on the field on Sunday. Look, I'm with you. I don't care a ton about Justin's press conference demeanor or performance, but it, I don't not care at all, right? I think you have to care a little bit because this is, a, again, as we've talked about previously and as we talked about last week, he's a face and voice of this team, right? And you have to project a certain level of confidence, a certain level of ownership, a certain level of we got this. And Justin was obviously agitated in the short session he did with the media on Wednesday. He seemed to own his his poor performance better Sunday night after the game than he did three days later and that was a little bit confusing I guess perplexing a little bit I think that there's just a a a frustration that Justin has right now and it's understandable because you'd like to come in to one of these press conferences and have about five or six questions be about the highlight reel plays you made, right? Like take us through the third touchdown pass you threw in the first half, right? Like that's a question that Justin's waiting for. Can you please take us through your, your, you know, 22nd completion of the game, right? Like you would like there to be some of this. It's just been, um, I don't want to say an onslaught, but whatever one word lower than onslaught is, it's just been a a barrage of questions that are, are, heavily focused on the struggles because the strokes are uh, the, the struggles are the the heavy focus right now and justifiably so and Justin's just got to figure out a way during his time and his maturation process to handle sessions like that a little better because I don't think it's a good look when you're slumped and you just don't project that sense of like okay we're we're going to get this turned around today at practice and then obviously for the game on Sunday this is just a glimpse of what he sounded like Wednesday so what, what you're going through right now, do you consider this just part of the overall process or is this kind of throwing you for a loop, maybe not met expectations and maybe something you, that becomes a psychological thing? Part of the uh, process, you know, that's all it is. It got worse from there. I mean, that's just indicative. <laughs> he, he didn't feel like talking and he wasn't in the mood for it. And maybe he just came out of a film session where he was, you know, pointed out all that he did wrong. There are a couple of things I think are worth remembering. Number one, He's 23 years old. Yeah. And, and I don't want that to sound as a, like an excuse, but he's 23 years old and he's learning what it's what it takes not only to make plays and read defenses and throw the ball to his receivers in time on time. He's learning what it's like to be a professional, period, professional athlete, professional anything. Anybody that has a 23 year old in their family or somebody in that range, anybody who can remember when they were that age understands the challenge that it can be when you get the kind of scrutiny. And he was having a bad day, clearly. 
But I do think it's important for reasons you pointed out. Also, Dan, I think that you you have uh, your teammates, while they know you better than we do, while they understand the, the challenge and the, and the rigors better than we will, they also are looking for cues. And that's a bad one. That's not leadership. That's not good leadership. I think that's what you want to remember, too. This is somebody being asked to do a lot. There's a ton of responsibility that comes with being a franchise quarterback, and this is all part of the job. You need a support structure around you as well to help you with those things, to help you kind of just get get out of your rut before you get on camera and in front of a microphone. Are you a Pulp Fiction guy? Not a big Pulp Fiction guy, but I do. I did see the movie. Uh, there's, just, there's just a quote, that, every, there, every there's a quote that came to mind. It's the Harvey, Harvey Keitel character, the wolf, when he comes to help uh, you know, Jules and Vincent clean up the car. And he says, if I'm Kurt with you, it's because time is a factor. And that sort of resonated with me, not in the same way, but it, it, with the way Justin was Kurt on Wednesday, it's because he realizes time is a factor. The clock is ticking. People realize that we can't get deeper into October and still be talking about these struggles offensively. And I just think there's, there's a lot to this. You know, Justin brought up uh, once again on Wednesday his relationship and his interactions with the mental skills coach that, that Ryan Poles hired in here. And that's an indicator that there are things within his head and, and, and some things that he's dealing with in terms of the pressure and the struggle that he's got to get unlocked. And that's notable. It's, I mean, it's, it's natural, but it's also notable that the, the starting quarterback of the Chicago bears is in a bit of a, a mental funk at times and needs help getting out of that. That's notable. The other thing that's notable to me, David, is he brought up the idea of, trying to get Darnell Mooney unlocked, right? And, and and trying to make sure that he doesn't force things in getting Darnell Mooney unlocked. And when some of these conversations start to, to come into your head, right? And those wheels are turning in that regard. Now, all of a sudden, you've got to figure out ways to, to make sure that your micro focus gets more micro focus than it is because you're thinking about too many things. And so that was also notable, notable to me from the exchange. Yeah, I think it was obvious that he's struggling with a lot of things. And, and I think the best way to handle that is to put yourself in a good mood when he makes plays. That will be what we're judging. That will be what we're focusing on because if he was coming off of 25 or 31 performance with three touchdowns and a pass rating in the 120s, this would be something we would quickly try to ignore or look past. So I have a question for you because I think it's notable as we get into this month of October. Do the Bears have a responsibility as a coaching staff to manufacture some feel good? For Justin and I ask that because we're coming up on the, uh, you know, the anniversary. I guess it would be a four-year anniversary of Mitch Trubisky throwing his six-touchdown game against the Buccaneers, and some of that was calculated by Matt Nagy and his staff understanding they were playing a feeble defense, first of all, in the Buccaneers, but also understanding that, hey, if we could have Mitch walk out of this stadium tonight feeling on top of the world, how much of a difference will this make going into the next stretch of, uh, of football games? And so I'm curious if the Bears have a bit of a responsibility. Say it's first and goal at the five, and you know you can pound it in with Khalil Herbert and score to get in the end zone, but you also know that it might be a big psychological boost to Justin to put a touchdown pass on his resume. Do you have to consider that? On first down, yes. On second down, maybe. On third down, no. I think everything is conditional. You're right. They do have to – you always are going to place winning ahead of everything. I will, I will take that to my football grave. You, you will have to pr- prioritize winning over developing. You've got 52 guys to worry about. But in the context of every game, there are opportunities to make players – Feel develop. good. That's part of player development. So, yeah, to feel good, to build their confidence. You're always trying to build their confidence. Hey, Mooney's frustrated. Let's give him a side screen and see what he can do with it on first down and see what he can get a seven. You know, that's the kind of thing 
that if you're in the red zone, absolutely you give Justin Fields the opportunity to, to roll out, bootleg, hit the tight end, and then celebrate a touchdown pass by spiking it or throwing it into the end zone Roquan Smith style. Yeah, you do have an obligation to. Uh, the following year, the Bears also tried a similar thing with Mitch Trubisky against the, uh, I guess, were they the football team or the Redskins at that time? I'm not really sure what I remember in 2019, what their name was. But they went into Monday night there, and and Mitch threw three touchdown passes in the first half to Taylor Gabriel, and they were trying to get him a fourth and maybe a fifth in the second half. He ended up throwing an interception down near the goal line, and then he missed a wide-open Anthony Miller. He never saw him on a play that would get, would have given him another touchdown. And it was very frustrating for that previous coaching staff because they they, they knew they were at a pivot point in a very important season in 2019 where they were trying to get something to get Mitch out of the mental funk that he had been in since the middle of training camp. And they tried and they tried and they tried and they failed. And the rest of the year went the way the rest of that year went. And so it can backfire on you too when you do those things. It's just going to be really interesting to see how they kind of handle this with Justin because I don't think that he or Chicago or the building can really take many more weeks where he gets up in that chair and doesn't look like he is feeling like he wants to be there. You can't get greedy. I mean, you have to be realistic. They got no greedy with Mitch. So <laughs> I think you want to be realistic. And, and what is realistic to expect on Sunday? Same type of game plan. Uh, I think you always consider risk reward, but you'd like to get him some easy early uh, completions to build some momentum, some confidence, and to uh, hope that he can just make the basic throws better than he did. So the last nugget in this QB1 conversation is that we've decided here at Take the North to develop a meter, right, to measure where we're at in our assessment of Justin Fields' development. And this is going to be a meter that changes at times. And for those of us who are able to, uh, those of you who are able to see this in video form, you will see our meter. It has seven categories, David, and we're going to kind of adjust this as as is needed. From worst to best, it goes panicked, worried, concerned, fine, encouraged, excited, and euphoric. And the consensus here on the Take the North podcast is that right now, particularly coming out of that game last week, a win, but a not so good win against the Houston Texans is that we're concerned. Our concern is there and the needle may be starting to, 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 to vacillate a little bit more towards worried, but that's where we're at here in week four of 2022. I would say, yeah, we're concerned and right where it was in terms of the, the marker, the gauge, if you will, I think I'm probably a little bit closer to worried, staying patient, but worried because I, I'll maintain this. I said it on the last pod and I've said it on the air all week. What happened against uh, what happened at home in against the Texans was as alarming of a performance as I've seen from Justin Fields yet. And it's not something through, you know, 13 games that you want to see that headed in that direction. So I guess I will settle for concern, <laughs> with maybe leaning slightly toward worry to whatever direction that. Means. Yeah. Last yeah. Sunday's performance was one of those on the quarterback doomsday clock. You moved it up an hour, right? You said, uh Oh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so that's where we are on JST, Justin standard time. I think <laughs> we can move it ahead a little bit. All right, let's go uh, finish up with our two minute drill. The two minute drill, the two minute drill. Dan Khalil Herbert's going to get the big uh, opportunity to put two strong games Together, back to back, I really like the way he's running. This is an opportunity for him. 
running back with some good vision is able to take advantage of what the Bears are establishing in front of him. Obviously, we saw in the 52-yard run last week that he had a hole that, in his own words, you could have driven a bus through, right? And when you can get a couple moments like that within a game and, and you know, bolster your production that way, it really makes other things go smoothly. Khalil has really taken advantage of his opportunities. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, like last year, he gets a, you know, two, three, four game run at this thing with, with Montgomery coming back. And there's absolutely zero reason to rush Montgomery back. If you're getting the production from Khalil Herbert, like you got last week against the Texans. And so that will be a factor as the bears make decisions offensively. Do you trust Tristan Ebner in situation spelling uh, Khalil Herbert? I do. I do. Uh, yeah, I, I think that Tristan Ebner is going to be a guy that they're going to have to lean on a little bit more. I think he's going to have to be uh, reliable in pass protection at times. He's going to have to be reliable as a pass catcher because that's why they brought him here. And so he'll get uh, he'll get opportunities because they don't want this to be just a single back system. Speaking of pass protection, I think the Bears struggle protecting Justin Fields, but I think it looks like through three games, the Giants might struggle even more mightily protecting Daniel Jones. So I got some different answers on this around the building this week, which were interesting. I asked uh, Alan Williams, for one, if, if you can kind of – take advantage of a, you know, a, a shaky offensive line and, and really go after him. And his, his answer was, was kind of what you'd expect from a coordinator saying, listen, they've got good coaches. They got great coaches and good coaches solve problems. And so uh, one week's problems might not be the same problems that you get when you show up in their building and they've corrected them. And so they're not necessarily expecting to get home a lot. Took that same conversation to Travis Gibson, who said, look, <laughs> I watched Monday night football. <laughs> I, I saw the opportunities that are there. I'm, I'm ready to go there and turn myself loose along with the other pass rushers on this team. And so the pass rushers realize they've got an opportunity. And I think you do want to play a little bit of that psychological chess match with them and make them feel you early, right? And, and be able to get home with four and put some pressure on Daniel Jones and make sure that his eyes are coming down. And, and uh, let's see where it goes. Travis Smith, the defensive line coach, said, look, the, the Cowboys play a very different style of defense. They also have Micah Parsons. They can do some things that maybe don't suit us as well. But obviously you want to, to try to, to take advantage of your opportunities when they're there. You got to watch the draw play as well because Saquon Barkley, did Allen Williams call him a thicky? Can you be that fast and be a thickian? He did. He did. He, he complimented his uh, strong thighs and also said that he's good with his contact balance. So we've seen Saquon Barkley a lot. I think he's played against the Bears every single year that he's been in the league, had a you know bad knee injury, suffered against the Bears in the COVID year in 2020, is obviously looking more and more like his 100% healthy self, and the Bears are going to have to be all over him on Sunday to win this game. And then the last thing, Dan, was one of the more amusing moments at Hallis this week. Matt Eberflus describing the proper way to recover a fumble <laughs> And also being upset with one stat, three forced fumbles against the Texans, but zero fumble recoveries. You got a kick out of that. No, I loved it because I, I think that it, it that it's consistent with who Matt is as a coach, right? And, and you get your two takeaways. They're both on interceptions. But he gets back in the, the, the video room on Monday and he shows his guys, hey, guys, look, we, we forced three other fumbles. One of them, David, was forced by Cole Komet after Justin Fields' interception, right? And so you've got a chance if you're hustling and swarming to the ball like you've been taught from the spring on to, to get that possession right back without the Texans even running a play. And so they left three footballs on the ground the other day. Uh, the Texans were quicker to them. And I think Matt's point is, look, like every one of these balls that hits the ground, you have to have bodies all around there expecting them to, to be out. And then you recover it and you maybe swing a game in that regard. So I love the fact that he's holding them to the highest of high standards. Why was he so reluctant to describe the right <laughs> way to recover a fumble? 
There depending is some... on the style, depending on the pile, depending on a lot of things. Yeah, I wish we had that audio clip because he was said, is there a correct way to, to recover a fumble? He said, yes. Uh, well, what is it? I'm not going to share that I'm here. I'm telling you. It's, it, it's, it's a weird coaching thing that I'll never understand. The other one from this week that made me laugh was Matt came to his Monday uh, news conference and, and was very forward in saying, hey, we just had this terrific award ceremony with the team in the in the you know meeting room. We gave out a bunch of awards. It was really fun. The guys really lit up. It was energized by it and it was like well well who what were the awards and who were they won well we're not going to talk about the award <laughs> and you're like well wait a second you just brought them up like what, what, why why aren't we going to talk about them you guys won a game and we're trying to highlight something why, why are we being so secretive with everything i don't know the secrecy it will will always numb my brain and and perplex me i don't have an answer for that but we'll see where it goes i'll, I'll just say this also david about the uh the fumble recoveries there's there's a uh, you know there's a meritocracy here that i really like in matt's program and it goes back to also tevin jenkins not starting last week and then the coaching staff saying basically he didn't practice well enough on wednesday to earn the start it goes back to alan williams this week saying look when we get to our our third down pass rush team and we're in situations where we send guys out to rush you've got to earn a spot on that team right and there's a lot of guys that want to be able to rush the passer on third down and get those all uh glowing uh sack statistics well you got to earn that opportunity and so i like the fact that this coaching staff wants everything to be earned and that that's a, a really cool thing when you're setting the foundation for a program. Last detail, uh, Jalen Jones starting at corner, Lucas Patrick starting at right guard. I will go with Jalen Jones starting at corner. I think this might be Lucas Patrick's first start of the season at center. We're going to keep an eye on that, but I think this might be the week they turn him loose in there and, and, and move on in that direction going forward. So that'll be a fascinating thing to get an eye on on Sunday morning.